Welcome to another edition of Talkback Fans. I'm Pat Linden. I'm Danny Boyce. Terry Heil. And uh, this is this is this is going to be awesome for me. I, I got to tell you. <laughs> well, I can't I can't have a feeling it's going to be awesome for all of us involved yeah, here, but yeah, I know especially you, Pat. Especially me. Yep. Um, I'm going to be a connection to you, Pat? I'm going to be a 12 year old again. I think. <laughs> I wish I I wish I felt like I was 12. I can tell you that I feel like I'm 112. But <laughs> don't put your fingers through the fence. That that's right. Ever. Ever. <laughs> You got a couple more pounds in those days. A little, a couple. Wow, <laughs> coming out shooting, coach. All right, <laughs> fantastic. I'll have to remember that. Anyhow, uh, we're going to have a, a nice long fireside chat, as Terry likes to say, the, the way that we frame this up with the 1982 Euclid Panther baseball state championship team. And joining us right now is the man that led it all, Coach Paul Sarah. And the guy that helped me set this whole thing up tonight, Tommy Deanna. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys for coming down. No problem. So, when did you know, Coach? When did I know what? When did you know that this was this this group was going to be special? In 1981. 81. So, what about 81 made made you think? Yep, this this is coming. We should have won in 81. Yeah. We really had a stronger team, basically, because we had an extra pitcher. Uh, Bobby Allen best was probably one of the best around, but we got upset in the uh, regional, I believe it was. But I knew these guys were special because in 1980 we almost felt like we we're ready to hang it up. Those guys came out and didn't really sound like they wanted to play. But when these guys got here, they wanted to play. Now the '80 team was on the heels of the kind of on the heels of the '78 team that finished runner-up, right? And '79, '79 too. Also, yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, '78, '79 were runners-up. Yeah. Yeah, so, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, Hartman was here to remember everything yeah, for you. Of course, uh, we're we're gonna miss Coach Hartman today. Yes, you will. So, Tommy, I'm assuming since you grew up in Euclid that. In, just like a lot of these guys that are going to be here talking tonight. Just like most of us, to be honest. You, yeah. you, you, you played with these guys all the way up and through. Oh, absolutely. Uh, with I had Fisher. The, I had, yeah, I had the privilege to play for uh, fish Fishers and when I was 13. And uh, probably six of the guys that were on that team, that state championship team, were on that Fishers team. Um, very special, you know. Is that Pony League? That was Pony League. How is it that? The Pony League was able to do all the – Obriza was like that. He had, yeah. he had five starters from our varsity oh, team yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. cheat, they're cheating going on in the Pony League. No, no, Fish knew how to draft. Yeah. He went to all those boys' league games. He watched every one of those games. I, I was traded over to Fishers. Oh, you were yeah, traded? Uh, yeah, Tommy Hangosh. That was the trade of the year. Oh, I went over to it. Fishers to play with my twin brother and made it easy on my parents. So. Oh, that – Oh, yeah. How much, how much easier did they make it on you, though? Playing with your brother because I know what it's like having siblings and having them as teammates. Yeah, there was always rivalry between the two of us. So I just knew not to get on the wrestling mat with them, and everything was good. If I was between the lines, I was. That's fine. sound advice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if your brother's a wrestler, avoid it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, coach, you guys win it in '62. '82. But no, but you won it in '62, correct? '63. '63. Okay, yeah. so before any of these guys are born. Oh yeah. Growing up in a neighbor commu neighboring community in Wycliffe, Euclid at that time had the feel that there was kind of a birthright involved, kind of like with Maslin. Kids in Maslin were born. They put a Maslin Tiger football put in them. that football in right away. I don't know if they were putting a baseball in, the, in their cribs <laughs> at uh, Euclid General, 
but growing up, it felt that way. It sure did. No, no question. Yeah. yeah. So as you transitioned, because you were an assistant and then you got the head job, did it have that feel to it for you? Yes, it did. No, no question. Yeah. You got to remember he played there too. Right. I understand that. <laughs> it, it had that feeling all the way through when I was playing also. We had Neil Nelson as a coach and just a great guy and a great coach, you know, and, uh, Always had good teams. Always started with John Poto. He was the first coach. Mm -hmm. he had good baseball all the way through. So it was it was quite the place for baseball. Now, one of the I think one of the things that you know I'm kind of curious of, and just kind of looking through the numbers here, the fact that the the most staggering stat that they you know they've given us here is in the seven tournament games you guys gave up eight runs. I think the part that you know, that I'm kind of curious of is how the mentality changes between, you know, a tournament game and post a regular season game, especially because even in Pony League or Little League, at least you got a best of three yeah. going through even for a championship series. And then it's, it's one and done. You know, you couldn't have an off day. You really, I mean, you just flat out couldn't afford an off day. So what was it with the guys, I mean, not just on the hill, but out in the field that just completely shut teams down? What, what was that? How, how did that how did that come to be? There's only one answer for that. It's Jeff Hartman. I mean, he did a tremendous job with the pitchers, and we, we wouldn't be anywhere without the job he did. No I have to jump. That. I have to jump in there because if you talk to most of the jump, if you talk to most <laughs> of the guys, if you talk to most of the guys that played at Euclid, they said they beat teams before the game even started. Absolutely, and that was due to the way Mr. Sarah here ran infield practice. We were flawless. We knew what we were doing. And when we were done, I'm sure most of the other teams were looking at us like, oh, my God, That's we're right. in trouble. The pinstripes didn't hurt either. Pinstripes no. were great. The Yankee pinstripes, And I think yeah. when you were here that last time, Coach, I had, I had kind of relayed that same sentiment. For the teams that were lucky enough to come off the bus when we were taking infield, they were done. Yeah. But the teams that showed up early, and you always had Tony Granito hit last. Yeah. And Tony used to put, I mean, he was prolific at hitting batting practice home runs. I mean, just smoking them. And then he didn't play. So everybody would be like, that guy right. doesn't play? <laughs> you know? Right, right. It, psychological warfare was, was very big at, at, at the Palace for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Going back to uh, one and done, we could have been out in the regional final. Ooh. Kenny uh, or Ronnie Saponsi makes that catch in center field. Yes. I mean, we could, that ball drops in, we're out. You know, so one and done is tough. It's yeah. really tough. Absolutely. As good as we were. I was going to say, it is as good as every champion does need. Every once in a while, a little bit of lady he luck need, on their side. A little bit of luck. Yeah. The talent paid off there. I mean, he just yeah. ran him down. He was. He was uh, what was the old, the old uh, Woody Hayes line was always luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah, sure. You know, guy was there to make the play and, and he the did ability it, yeah. to do so. And all these guys did it throughout the whole season, really. You know, yeah. we had a lot of low scoring games. We weren't the greatest hitting team, but we could run. We could bunt, we could squeeze. You know, we did a lot of things. Easy, easy, <laughs> easy. But, but easy. the defense was always impeccable. The that was, was one of the things. And was the pitching the at yeah. Euclid, uh, yeah. you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask both of you guys this. So, you, you know, season started out, you have the big win streak, you lose to Shaker, then you finish with 15 straight. But was there was there a game somewhere during the season that, that you would consider your signature win, the one that, as much as you saying, Coach, that you knew the year before – that that group was special. Was there a particular game though that year that you said, "Wait a minute, this is everything's coming together." Probably that Willoughby South game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had big lead, and all of a sudden they came back and passed us right up. 
looking like we're going to get beat. It was like 15 to 1 we were ahead, and we went down 17 to 15, and then came back and still won it, you know. And after all that, these kids still hung in there and came back. At what point of the season was that game? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't that remember. was that was probably game 14, 15, okay. so middle of the season. But I it's a GCC game have, in the middle yeah. of the season. I have to tell you this though: Paul Adkins hits a grand slam in that game. Yes. The guy, our second baseman, probably the smallest guy on the team, and rips the ball over the fence. And that game went back and forth the whole time. And they immediately and, was, and they immediately drug tested him right, right, <laughs> right away. <laughs> Or check the bats. Check the bats for sure. <laughs> well, he hit it from second base. Oh, well, oh. yes. He, he left that. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, he, he hit it twice. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was a part two. Yeah. yeah. So, Coach said that he knew in, in 81. When did you guys as players know, Tommy, that you know that you had something going? Well, you know, to be honest, I'll go back to 13 years old when I was playing with Chris Hughes and Joe Eiffelis and Gary Casto and my brother. And there were other guys on that team I can't think of right now. But it was a special group of, of uh, kids, but not only that, parents as well. Oh, and as we moved into the, uh, the you know, 10th, 11th grade, we were a cohesive unit. And, and not only as a team, but as a family. I mean, we did things together as families. You know, we went to a lot of different places. And uh, to give you an idea, you know how you get your senior pictures and they come out early in the year. If you look on the back of probably every one of these guys who gave a picture out, senior picture out, it said, I'll see you at state. So there was there was no stopping us. That was our end goal for sure. Yeah, I was wondering, could you expound on that a little bit? Because, you know, I mean, I know how Pat was, all those guys that you grew up with, we talk about that connection you have coming up with a special group and you know to, that it's special. Coming up, like you said, from 13, before you're even at – the high school before you're even playing on the palace to have that group how special was it not just knowing that group coming through but when that final out was how special was that and how much more special was it because it was that group i i, mean, I think it's huge i think it goes back to euclid boys league baseball and having uh coaches that stayed with their team and didn't move up with their parent you know yeah, with, with their, their kids, kids. Yeah. and I, I think you look at the junior high level with terry fritch and some of the guys they played with at Shore, um, and then just getting to that high school and being prepared by some great coaches coming along the way. And believe me, you being a Euclid baseball player didn't start when you got to the high school. No, it started with Euclid not. Boys yeah. League. And, yep. and if you were in Euclid Boys League, that's where it all started. That's, where, that's where the foundation was. And you could just see that there was a special group starting to form. And it started before the 82 group. You go back to the Morolis and oh, the back, Will yeah. Trouts and, and the Brinkhouse and yeah. even before that. But you're oh, right, absolutely. Coach. So yeah. that, that gets into a little bit of that birthright and kind of, like I said, growing up in a neighboring community, kind of what we had a, a, a healthy mix of fear and respect for whenever we would play Euclid in a tournament. So you're talking about, Tommy, when you're 13 – things are starting to come together you're seeing there's a special group of guys that also comes pretty close to coinciding with the 78 and 79 sure how much of that was an inspiration a motivator for you guys as to okay these guys didn't get it done we can well you know it, it's funny because you, as a young kid you're, you're always spending a lot of time at the park rubber off the wall whatever right. and then to stroll over to the palace and listen to those cleats on the parking lot that's what I wanted. I wanted to wear those pinstripes and have those cleats clicking across the ground, going in there and playing for youth baseball. So yeah, it was it was very special to wear the the pinstripes and to play on what was called the palace. And I think every kid that played 
Euclid baseball, mm-hmm. want, you know, or boys league wanted that, wanted that without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, that, that was big for us. Uh, I felt, you know, we used to get on and watch the Pony League and the Boys League, and, and yep. they would know we were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kids actually, they really wanted to come and play for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our, our, plowning, our crowning jewel that we stole was uh, Mikey Gilfoyle from St. Joe's. You know, <laughs> they're solid yeah, yeah. family. Mm-hmm. And we got Mike over, and he's player of the year when he was here. And, but he told his dad, he said, no, I want to play baseball at Euclid. You, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that you didn't have too much concern about losing the better players to whether it be St. Joe's, no. Benedict, and St. Ignatius, St. Ed's, anywhere. Our, our kids wanted to come to Euclid. Yeah. So oh, that's, yeah. that's, uh, we had the program going, and uh, they just wanted to be there. And I think, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what it fostered, not only did it foster team, team chemistry and all of that, but the competition. When, when you're fighting for a spot on Euclid's varsity team, you're fighting. You're fighting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no handouts there. Right. And that's what I wanted to say. I was going to ask you, Coach, because of – I mean, you're a legendary coach in the state of Ohio. There's, there's no getting around. Mind, yeah. there, but there's no getting around that. But to have to come and coach with groups after group after group, when the teams that you're playing are treating every game, whether it's a Wednesday, World Series, it's man. like a World Jeez. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be that's got to be kind of tough for, from from that perspective. That, that was good for our kids though, because they knew it. They knew that uh, we would tell them all the time. You know, these guys beat you. You know, you're going to. You can call them pinstripes, but it's really a bullseye. Right. Like, sure. You, you would you would walk into the locker room when it came down to final cuts, and you were hoping you were in the top three. You really were, because so many guys went out for the team. You know, if you're within maybe the top three at every position then you get a chance of being on that team. It was very tough. And who didn't want to play for Paul Sarah and Jeff Hartman? I mean, that, that's all there is to it. I went up to the fields. I used to watch the teams play that he coached for me, and you just wanted to be part of that. You wanted to be part of that. And our, our feeder system was so good because we had three junior highs, mm-hmm. you know, three nine-player teams. Yeah. First player, first team. And plus, like, you brought, up with, and plus yeah. like you brought up with Euclid Boys League. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had that division working its way up, and even Pony League, and yeah. up through that. The program is really, uh, really top notch that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when did that change, Coach? When the when the ninth graders started at the high school? That's got to be right around that time, it was isn't right it? Right around there, yeah. Because uh, Maroli, probably Johnny Maroli was the first. So- he was a sophomore when he came in. Okay. But, but the, I think that was the, they started coming up around that time. Gotcha. Is that right? I uh, know. I think it was probably after that. Okay. We were out in '82, and I don't know that ninth grade started at Euclid for a Carpenter. While. Carpenter played all four years when he was there, but that okay, was so actually it was eighty. It was '83 because was I, I was I was a okay. I was a seventh grader at Central, and okay. I was in the first two class, at, and they had closed shore at that point. Yeah, and, okay. and Forest Park, and so, um, yeah. So I do want to ask you something while you're here, Coach. Uh, I, I saw a little brief video on on YouTube from the from the championship, the, <laughs> the two games, and I, I do want to I want to ask you a question, and then I want to say where you probably would be as a coach right now if you were to do that today. Uh-huh. Uh, Louis Louis Neves pitched <laughs> both games, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, started the championship. Too, so he had a win and two saves and, and a save. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was different. Besides one of the cool statistical quirks that I just thoroughly enjoy. But um, now I was telling Terry about the '88 game Very against cool. Benedictine, where <laughs> we had 
Sopko and Brechin and Dunmire over and over and over again in right. a 17-inning game. You can't get away with that now. I mean, no. it's, it's a completely different thing. But for the people that don't know Lou, Lou was a fantastic athlete, two sports. I believe he didn't play basketball, but I know he played football. He wrestled too, I believe. Oh, did he? Yeah. So what was it about him that said, you know what, I'm going to hand him the ball because this, this is this. And he was a junior then. Oh, yeah. But uh, he it actually was Jeff, you know, Hartman. Yeah. Hartman that was his job. No one when the so pitchers you, so you just but stayed away from the I mean, yeah. we talked about it all the time, and he was saying, "That's kid's the real deal." He said, "Okay, we're going to play him." Then. And uh, like I say, he he was instrumental in everything we did. And I, I must say, Pat, going going into that final game, state championship game, we were thirty three and one. So we had a pitching staff that you could probably just say, "Hey, I'm going to put my hand in, in the hat here," <laughs> and they're probably undefeated. Looks like a winner. Yeah, looks like a winner. Here's one. Yeah. So, uh, but we did have our horses definitely with Jim. It's a nice, nice luxury sure. to have. Yeah, nice luxury. A lot of solid, solid pitching staff. I mean, geez, you just don't have those anymore. Here, here's a quick stat for you. I think of the 25 guys that were on the team, there were probably only five guys that were not pitchers on that team. That didn't pitch at some point during Euclid Boys the junior yeah. high or whatever it was. Whatever, that yeah. makes that, that make, yeah that would make sense yeah mm-hmm. ridiculous fantastic those were great days <laughs> so who yeah. got the ball in this who who started the semifinal the uh, uh, the semifinal but Louis pitched that one I believe and Mitch and Mitch started the final and then Louis came in something like that I yeah. can't remember yeah, like Louis, I said Louis if Harvey was there the he would tell you all of it but I don't remember all that. Mitch will tell you when he gets yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. How about I do this? I'm going to take my headset off and hand it over to Kenny Ganavik like I did oh, my senior the, year. My senior year when I got hurt, when I handed over third base to him, I'm responsible for his career. That's right. So I say that right now. Fantastic. Tommy, right, thank you very thank you much for, for uh, yeah, stopping by and helping me set this up. I, I truly appreciate it. Thanks thank you Pat. very Love much. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you very much, man. Tommy Deanna is going to. Yeah, we were kind of worried when uh, Tommy went down. That's well, a pretty good hole hey, in our line. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Well, Coach, but since Kenny, we got it. Kenny walked right in. And, hey, Coach, you know, since we got a quick second here, um, that Shaker Heights game, what happened? You, you I mean, what happened? I, I mean, can't say that too loud. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of us missed a squeeze butt in the bottom of the seventh. I, see? Which we win. Which one of us? We win that game. I don't want to mention any names. All right, so let me He's here tonight. Did he, did, <laughs> is he sitting next to you? No. <laughs> did he run? Kenny, you're clean. Did he run ten poles, Coach? No, no, no. That's part of baseball. There. <laughs> that's not. That's not wow. a medal error. You must have. Just, he was soft back then because that. That's a minus six mental yeah. error right you there. You know who's running circles. 10 pulls Wait. after the show? Yeah. You are. Yeah. You are, yeah. Wait, <laughs> I ain't running 10. Wait, you called seven? it soft. That's, yeah. It's more than 10. Yeah. Wait, what? Any, any? Because I actually have a formula for these bunts. So okay. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Oh, no. Only kidding. No, only kidding. No, no, no. Only kidding. Only kid. But, uh, so we're joined by, uh, at the time, junior third baseman, Kenny Ganavik. Kenny, thank you for joining us, bud. You got to get right on that microphone. Yeah, come on up in the mic. Get right up close. Kenny, how are you doing? Man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having us here today. No problem. So we we asked we asked Tommy. Um, you're a year younger than these guys were. So when did you know that you know you guys had a, an opportunity to you know do something real special in '82? I think we all knew it when these uh, when the seniors quit 
playing football their senior year early in the fall, and we knew we were on to something special. This group was ready. The senior group was ready to uh, just to roll and make history, and that's what they did. So I didn't know that, Coach. The, the, the guys that's that were playing football – didn't didn't play, huh? I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> you you were concerned with that? Oh no, no, that's the that's a fact. Yeah, they I, all quit. Who was all of them? That whole group, Mitch. They didn't I, all Lou, play no, football. No, Lou, Lou stayed on, but Soup, Ronnie. Oh, Ronnie, yeah, uh, those guys weren't going to play anyway. Yeah, but yeah, no, they were focused wow. on baseball. We're going to put them on front street, coach. <laughs> 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 they weren't going to play anyway. <laughs> so it wasn't a big deal. So, um, so, Kenny, for you as a junior uh, in a very senior-laden lineup and, and you're coming in replacing a guy who got hurt, what, what was that kind of breaking in period like for you until you felt – did you feel right away that you were accepted and you were one of the guys, or did it take a little bit of you having to prove yourself a little? Well, you always have to prove yourself playing for the pinstripes and Mr. Yeah. Sarah. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Sarah and Mr. Hartman broke me in – very gradually. I was a third baseman. I didn't even hit for myself for a good six, seven games. Then they let me uh, have a few at-bats, but there was never any pressure on me. When you're playing with eight great guys, mm -hmm. it was more my job to play a little don't defense screw and don't screw it up. Let the other guys. <laughs> and, you know, mm -hmm. when you're playing with eight rock stars, and they were, mm -hmm. and them, I'm talking about the eight, but the guys that backed them up also, you know, we were we were so deep. We were talking about it today. We could probably field two teams and be competitive. And we had 24 kids on the roster for that. And the hardest thing to do was when you get down to state, you can only dress 18. Which so ones do you? We yeah. had to, we had to dress 18 and the other six guys. You know, it's a tough one. Oh. And you but picked they, him. They got to sit on the bench. <laughs> I was a Slovenian. It yeah, was a yeah, Slovenian right, 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 community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a starter. We had no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I, I was telling you guys I, I watched the, the little video today that's on YouTube about about the, the semi and the championship game, and I remarked to Terry that the funniest thing in the whole thing because obviously I remember it like it was yesterday for you guys, but watching you celebrate. You look like an eleven-year-old kid. You were I think like they all did. No, but yeah. I, but I mean, you looked especially young, considering you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, when, when did they let a pony league guy play third base? It was. <laughs> I felt young, believe me. Yeah, you weren't shaving then, were you? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not shaving now. Either. <laughs> so, you obviously, you know, Tommy had a lot of aspirations as a senior, obviously, and and, so and it didn't it didn't didn't work out for him. Um. But knowing the character of, of Tommy Deanna, I'm sure that he was one of your biggest supporters as you guys move forward. When I made the team, because I, I truly didn't even think I would make the team, my dad, his best advice to me ever was, when you get cut from Euclid, go to St. Joe's, you might be able to make that team. <laughs> but when I made that, that team, it was uh, Tommy Deanna and, and Joey Eifley's came to my house and picked me up, and they uh, took me out to dinner to celebrate. Awesome. So, yeah, Tommy that, Deanna. That's the kind of kids we had, though. Yeah. That, that, and the parents were just outstanding. And, you know, they were, they were party animals, but they were all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of asked, asked Tommy along the same lines, how special was it having that group and being able to celebrate with those guys and celebrate a championship that way, coming up with them? And like you said, having these guys that take you, on, that take you in and take you under their wing when, I mean, having, you know, it doesn't always happen for underclassmen. They're there is some territorial stuff that'll happen every once in a while. And so how, 
I, I guess not. I'm trying to think of the right word to say, but I, I guess gratifying, probably for lack of a better term, was it when that final out was made and you guys are hey, there's none, there's none left. There, That's it. We're the we're we're the the cream of the crop. To this day, there's never been a feeling for me. I played I played a lot of myself. ball games after that, but yeah. nothing will ever match that day. Nothing matches that. No. Ronnie Saponsi catched that fly ball, and that was it. Yep. Mm -hmm. As a former first baseman yourself and uh, infielder, obviously, at the pro level and, and in college, what was it like to have that group, that infield you had was pretty good? Oh, they were solid, <laughs> I'll tell you. It, it was fun hitting infield because yeah. they could make the plays. And like, like uh, Tommy said, and we beat a lot of teams just by taking infield practice because we had a ball moving and got it just... It was, it's like an orchestra. Actually, I, I had commented we were at a we were at a district final the other day, and I had commented the way that the team was hitting infield. They were running uh, spring training. They were running pitcher to first base. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I don't know what that is. But that's not that's not how you take infield on the palace. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so so Kenny, for you, you know, obviously the trip to Columbus is is the be all end all. Coach talked about the comeback game against Willoughby South. Was there a game for you that stood out in that season? Championship game. <laughs> well, I'm saying besides yeah. besides those, because that's the obvious answer. Right. Well, you know, was there a game during a regular season where you said, all right, we're, we're, going. Th we're going? I think it was Jimmy Mitch's home run against Brush. Could have been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, was a big we, we were ready to be beaten, and Jimmy Mitch came up and launched one into the parking lot. And at that point, we, we pretty much figured this was a magical season. And was that in the tournament or is that regular season? No, that was regular, regular season. season. Yeah. But, it, you know, there were so many special things that happened that year. It was we, – we just knew – we knew it was our time. If we listened to Coach Sarah and Coach Hartman, we knew that with our coaching staff, we were going to beat the other team. It wasn't that we were great players. We were part of a great organization coached by the two greatest coaches maybe that high school's ever seen in Ohio. Oh, jeez. Well, no, that's a fact, Coach. I, 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 I second that all day long. Your, your, record, your record speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the question I have is, when you guys got down to Columbus, um, you, you were it was old hat for you at that point because you had two Not teams. Really. No, it's but never you, old hat. No, yeah. but you understand. What, yeah. You kind of know what to expect if you had been there. Yeah. What was it like taking the field that first in the in the semifinal when you when you first got to the park, for the people out there that didn't get a chance to experience it, what what is that feeling like? Your your heart is beating a mile a minute. Jitters. Yeah, but because of our infield, because because of our infield outfield drills that we did, our pregame workout, I think that settles us in more so than the other team. We're doing so much before the game, and like Coach said, when the other team's watching us, and that include some of the great teams we were playing in the finals, they were in all of what we were doing. And to this day, I've coached a long, long time. I don't know what you did or how you did it, but I, I can't duplicate it. I wish. Can't hit that infield? No. no. You, <laughs> oh, you can tell him what to do. It just, there. it's funny. He's absolutely right. It, it, it can't be duplicated. I've never seen anybody ever do it. Often imitated, never duplicated, yeah. right? That's and what, right. Hey, what about the little uh, Chon they're doing, Hart and Sarah, during the yeah. infield? Yeah. yeah, we're talking yeah. all the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you had the other coaches, Buffalo. It was a great deal. <laughs> I was just hoping Hart wouldn't – I was hoping he'd be here tonight because I was hoping he didn't bring the fungo. That's, that's, oh, he would have had it. Yeah. He's got it with him right now watching the kids play, I'm sure. 
I guarantee you that. Coach, to follow up on Pat's question, because you had had the experience of having been there a few times before, how much easier did that make it for this trip in 82? Uh, I don't know if I felt any easier at all. You know, everything's separate. And, uh, and we went the other two times, we didn't come back with the trophy. So we, everybody's telling us we have a monkey on our back. You know, we never felt that way. Our kids were, played hard no matter what, you know. But uh, we were able to at least talk to the kids about the experience of being there and, and what you've got to face and how you've got to prepare yourself and get some sleep the night before instead of horsing around and all that kind of stuff. Was there anything different that you maybe did in that trip? To And you used the phrase, get the monkey off your back? Not really, I don't think. He was about the same. Yeah, I don't think we did anything different. Believed in what you did and we how you did it, it and, yeah. and that this time it was going to work. Yeah, that's all we could do, yeah. Or that you had mentioned, uh, Louis. Of course, that had a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to do with it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. You had great pitching staff in 78 and 79. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Will Trout and Maroli, jeez. They were, as a sophomores and, and juniors, they were the top two pitchers in the state. And I think it, it does point out, though, that with that one and done, you can't you can't have you can't have an off day, which yeah, is exactly what I was going to ask, coach. Yeah. This is this is a serious question. As as the coach of a program that everybody and and I'm not this isn't hyperbole, it's true. Everybody envy. Oh yeah. The program never got to some of the heights of some of the other schools, some of the smaller schools were able to do, and and did anybody ever question that from? You know, either, even publicly or privately, to you, about like what, no. about how we you were never able to get over the hump, but the one time. Oh, I don't know. Probably people did. They never said anything nothing, to me about nothing, it. Nothing yeah, because I always wondered. Because I had an argument when we first started this with somebody that was a Euclid graduate, but not a player. Okay, trying to tell me what success looks like. Yeah. And to me, success is is there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like yeah. St. Ignatius yeah. winning seven football championships right. or something right. like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's to me, there, it goes it goes beyond because you can only crown one champion, yeah, and right. you guys were champs, yeah. and you'll always be champs. But that, I don't think that takes away from your overall program. Would yeah. you agree? I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. Our, our program, we, I thought, was solid all the way through, whether we won or lost. You know, we, we were solid. And, did you ever have a non-20 win season while you were coaching? I think the 80 team didn't win 20. The 80 team didn't? I don't think okay. so. I can't remember. Yeah. Because we were trying to figure that out. Yeah. I, I have the record somewhere at home. I could look it up, but I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. So, you, Kenny. You better get me out of here, though. I get yeah, back I know. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get them games in, coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, let, we'll let coach go. Right on the half hour, too. That's right. He knows. Oh, yeah. He knows. He had it to a T. This is amazing. This the smartphone thing. When it used to be all paper, you know, and I'm oh, talking it, all paper. Mm -hmm. Games might be called off. The scorekeeper called. So. Uh, uh -oh. <laughs> uh oh, well, you better get there, all right. Coach. Thank you very much for your yes. time, as always. Coach, yes, as always. Thank, thank you. you for having me, and it's always a pleasure to see these kids again. Yeah, uh, I know they're. I know they're always. All your teams have a have a place in your heart, but this team's got special got your heart. Always, yeah, yeah. It, it does. Thank you, guys. So thank again. you, Coach. Okay, thank you. Great, Great to have thank you, Coach. Greatly appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Sarah. Always a pleasure. Who's next? Come on, Mauser, get in here. Come on. Oh, this guy. Now we're going to. We were actually both teammates of this guy's. Yes. 
Thanks, Coach. I will say this. Talk into the mic. From a, from a Class A perspective, I can tolerate Jimmy way more than I can tolerate Kenny because Kenny played for, for Shannon Fence. And, <laughs> oh, and <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy was a dual threat. This headset? Huh? It's about a small sheet gift for that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but Jimmy was a dual threat in, in Class A. Why is that? Because he could mash. Oh, yeah. He, he was a pitcher that can mash. He could mash. One flap down, little Jeffrey Leonard all summer long, man. Jim, you're going to have to get up on that mic, though. But. Closer? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, we are joined, you can raise the mic if you need to. We too. are joined by one of two of the All-Ohio players from that 82 team. Uh, pitcher slash infielder slash masher, Jimmy I, I, Mitch. I didn't mash like Ice back then. No. Later. You gotta get up on. <laughs> Damn it, the, 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 ju the junior has to tell the senior how to how, so how to get it done. <laughs> Fantastic. Wait a minute, Jim. I told these guys a story before off air. I said the one thing Jim told me when I cracked the starting lineup was, "Don't say anything. Don't talk. Don't screw up. Just try to help us a little." You helped us a lot. I don't know what, how many how many hits in a row do you have? Newt, Newt oh, Rockney, yeah. Jimmy Mitch. <laughs> I can't tell the difference, Pat. How about you? I don't know if I was a motivator or uh, it, it intimidator. Or something. <laughs> yeah. So, Jim, we've been asking everybody this same question. Um, you had varsity experience as a sophomore, so by the time you got to senior year, what what about this group? made you think yeah this this is this is the group that, that has an opportunity to do this well it's heart and Sarah were the soul of it and they just knew how to orchestrate teams so i never ever wavered in knowing what their plan was and their plan literally after they lost i don't know if you talked about it but they lost back to back 78 and 79 three two three two and i was eighth ninth grade so ninth grade wasn't in the high school and you know, one of the things we were just, like, enamored watching that. And then when you get there, you know, you just trusted what these guys were doing. I mean, it, I was telling Sarah a story about Hart. It's football-related. And it was the first time he put eyes on me as a sophomore. And I already kind of knew I was playing because Maroli was done for the year. He had uh, shoulder surgery. And so I was expected to play. And Hart just looked at me, probably thumped me in the chest and said, yeah, you got a lot to do. And it was like the first time he met me. And, you know, I was not scared of them, but I didn't never want to let them down. And it was easy. It was, I trusted them. And our JV team, when I was a sophomore, they were, I don't know, they were like 21 and two or something. Like they beat everybody. And the next year, we were probably better than our state team. And a lot of these guys were helping by then. We had a junior-laden team with some really good senior pitching. And, and then it just led up to the next thing, which was our summer before. And we were about as tight as you could be. And we still are all these guys to this day. It was just, we just had something in common that we wanted to do. And Hart and Sarah were uh, – they were the big reason. I, I can't say more than that. It was just – they made us better just by – challenging us all the time you you played for them they never let you off the hook and it was you know during during school oh <laughs> I had, not just in practice during school well i don't know how you guys know this hartman had that room with the little room between 
Yeah. Quite a few meetings in that little room between. He, he, you, talk, <laughs> you talk about a guy who had a full schedule. He would do his classes, and then he had meetings all day with kids, all day, yeah. whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, I was lucky to have him as a teacher, too. I never had Sarah because I sucked at math. But <laughs> Here we go. Uh, all right. But, yeah, I mean, I, um, I think there's a really neat thing, like, in the, the news journal. I mean, is that even a paper anymore? No. Okay. What's your favorite? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, yeah. Good question. Yeah. I still like reading print, though, for yeah. some reason. I guess that's my age. But the News Journal, like they, uh, Bob Fortuna was, I think it was him that interviewed yeah, us, right? He was umpiring then, too. Yep. He uh, asked us all for quotes. And if you ever get a chance, go back and read it because there's some really good stuff in there. Gordy McCants. <laughs> but um, and I still remember what I said. I said, we just wanted to win it for Mr. Sarah. Because I thought back about 78, 79, and how we must have felt losing. And we almost lost that year, but we didn't. So, you know, you, you know, one of the things you mentioned about coming up in, as Pat mentioned, you had varsity experience as a sophomore. Coming up through that, um, I think there are a bunch, of, I think there are some people that I think you have to understand what kind of commitment that really takes from you. I know Terry knows this, Pat knows this. You know, his kids know this. I've known this from, you know, you've been on championship programs. The commitment that it really takes, not just the game, not just the games themselves, but, and it's not even just being at practice. It's what you're putting into every day at practice and in those games. What kind of, I mean, what kind of, you know, commitment was it? Not just the championship year, but to get it to that crescendo. Well, not the word of the day. <laughs> um they basically would always have us on a plan, but they never deterred us from other sports. Like you hear in high schools yeah. now, you oh, know, yeah. this coach doesn't want you to do this, and they don't want you to do that. They they embraced us playing all the other sports, and they kept their eye on us. But, you know, coming from Euclid, we weren't a well-off city, um, and I, w I wasn't from a well-off family, so I didn't really ever – I never really thought it was a commitment. I just didn't know any better, and uh, – and, I like today still think about like players and when I watch kids, it's easy to coach kids that love the game. Mm -hmm. We love the game. Every single one of us. Mm -hmm. Patrick knows what I'm talking about because he comes from a baseball family. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention the guys that I modeled after, maybe not my whole life, but, <laughs> but the 70s, Euclid – those guys, you talk about commitment. Yeah. They played for Addis, and then they played for Sarah. And these guys, uh, Drobnik, Langdon, Kasunik, Angle King. I mean, I, I, if I don't mention everybody, I apologize. But they, these guys were unbelievable, and that's who we looked after. So when it came to commitment, and, you know, we worked hard. We worked hard. I mean, we were – Patrick knows this as well. We were, we were probably – a lot of us could have run track. You may not look at me now, but I could run. I could run a sub six mile, no problem. And you had to in the indoor track during right. conditioning. Yeah. Remember yeah. Daisy yeah. Chase? Yeah. Uh -huh. yep. <laughs> and and I know of them. So that commitment, yep. you're absolutely right. But they, I don't know. Never. I mean, I'm sure I bitched and moaned back then, but I'm probably not a lot of swear in the air here. Well, don't worry. We've done it many times. <laughs> um, but you know, it didn't. It really didn't seem like work. And. I'll just share this little story. You mentioned commitment. My, um, so I played football, basketball, sophomore baseball, and then football, baseball as a junior. Then I quit. 
I already told this story. Oh, you did tell oh, him? He, he, let, he, he let into it. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, let yeah, into he it. Yeah. Had, uh, I think seven seniors quit the football team. We were all baseball players. Now, <clears throat> Sarah and Hart caught a lot of flack for that. But that was all our decisions. So, you know, they but they caught all the grief and they handled it. But so after that was all done, so, you know. Jim, hold on a second. So when you say that you guys quit, step us through that. Was it? Did you guys make a decision yeah. before the summer that you weren't playing, or did you guys actually start to go through it and reach the conclusion that, that you weren't going to be playing because of baseball? Yeah, well, we we really had a we had a great summer. Uh, we were fifty four and six or something, and we played six. We, really. <laughs> We what played, happened? We, Arm troubles with the staff? What? Yeah, no. 60 <laughs> games, brother. <laughs> um, we played Elmer Flick High School, um, post 343, mm-hmm. and played a bunch of exhibitions, too. So, and um, so we were playing together, and we're all like, and I don't want to mention names, but we didn't really respect the football coach compared yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not asking you to call yeah, anybody no, out. No, no. So. <laughs> Compared to our baseball coaches, but we if you were, were going to call him out, who would not? No, 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 only kid, only kid. <laughs> no, he and we were like, and Rich, and, and when I was a tenth grader, Rich Wiltrout, who easily was a D one recruit, ended up going to BG, played with Oral Hershiser, um, but never really panned out. Whatever. But Rich blew his knee out his senior year, and he missed like the first fifteen games, and we lost Maroli. That was when you were a sophomore, yeah, so, and that was what told you you knew you were going to play as a sophomore, right? Yes, okay. exactly. So come my senior year, we were like, oh, no. I, you know, we're just like in – it kind of went down the line. And, and Joe, I was not a captain. Joe, Joe Eiffelis was a tri-captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have started probably tight end or linebacker or something, but we all looked at each other and said, guys, let's try and win this thing this year. and let's Let's spend the fall – Doing some fall ball and way different than it is now with sure. fall ball, but and uh, yeah, we all decided. And and Joe was the big Joe was the quarterback, <laughs> so it, that was a big hit. Not I mean me leaving wasn't a big hit, but it's funny the they uh, as soon as Joe quit, I literally got a phone call two days later. Hey, we need you. We want you to quarterback. I'm like, okay, right. I'm gonna say yes after my my, yeah. my shortstop just said <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and gotcha. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd be quarterback, but you know, and we we stuck with it. Now, the end of that story is so we might have drank a couple beers that year during the fall, not playing. I'm just gonna say it out loud. But Sarah, only a couple, so just a couple. Big the, they can't come back and get you. Game, no, no, I won't lose any eligibility. No, no. But <laughs> Hart and Sarah made me wrestle my senior year. Now, you think about that today, telling a kid it's never wrestled, yeah. hey, go wrestle. You have to wrestle. And I'm like, what? And all my f- good friends. After Tom, you've Tom, just Tom, made the decision amongst a group of people play to football. not play football. Yeah, right? so I stuck it out. And they actually had a bet with uh, Bill Adamati, who used to be the old coach, that Adamati said I wouldn't make it. I made it through. 500 record, whatever. But that commitment of – never doing it and sticking it out in my mind today still is as big as some of my baseball things because you look at a wrestling mat there's a circle on it yep. and by the way you guys need to do a wrestling show 
you know any wrestlers? My son's the head coach at Lake Catholic. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but no, I see it up, and, and he, he looks at me like I'm no not. Problem. Of course. I get, I, yeah. I can tell. I was, a, I'm a Lake Catholic graduate, so yeah. Yeah. Well, you yep. guys should seriously yeah. do a preview next year, whatever, absolutely. And I could get him on the show. So. All right. There we go. Um, do you so, have that kind of pull? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> sometimes. So. Hey, I know the Mayfield cross country coach too, in case you want. To. <laughs> you guys are getting us into all kinds of sports we have no expertise in, but that's okay. No, so, we can work through that. Going back to what I was saying, so sticking it out, the circle of the center of the mat is the same size as the pitcher's mat. Mm -hmm. So I played a huge part of my season. My senior I had a pretty decent senior season. And Hart and Sarah also said to me, yeah, we want you coming in at 195, not 225. Mm. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know what? Explain how long, how long three minutes on that mat really is. It's actually six minutes. Three minutes for the period, though, right? That's the college. College, college is three, three. Two, two, and it's seven, but in, in high school, it's two, two, two. Two, two, two? Yeah, it's... But how, that, 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 that two minutes for that first period, that don't feel like two minutes. It's 120 <laughs> seconds, Kenny. I got a question for Kenny. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because over the years, I, I know you're involved with the Alumni Association. and you can, it, It's very easy to say that you guys are all close because of the, the championship. But I don't think that that's really it. I, I think whether you guys won it or didn't win it, what is it about your group that, that makes you guys so tight-knit? God, it goes back to when we were little kids. I mean, it's, yes. it, started, it started at 8, 9, 10 years old. And those rec leagues that were as competitive as any travel leagues are today, playing against each other, finding out that we had a lot in common on the, on the field. The junior high system, too, incredible. I mean, Schmo. Pritch, Turkle, I mean, what feeder what system, feeders yeah, had those oh, yeah. guys? I mean, a lot of Fritch was crazy, right. but I'll tell you, he knew he the coach. game. He could coach, he man. He knew the game. <laughs> Did you go to Shore Central? I went to Central. Okay. Fritch, he, and I knew the Swinsky family, too, yep. and all three of those guys were just And I'm glad that you brought coaches. up Smo because he doesn't get a lot of do. No. Nope. He gets, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have come through and coached at, at the mm -hmm. middle school level. He did a fantastic job at Forest Park. Absolutely, man. he turned out a lot of no, really Forest good Park kids. Were always yeah, different. Yeah, yeah but, but 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 he turned out a lot. <laughs> Even though they were different, he was able hey, to turn them into my pal, decent ball players. One of my best know? pals, Harry Yancho, yeah, the Forest Park kid. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. That explains Tommy <laughs> Lewin, then too. Yes, exactly. exactly. He was a force because I played with him at Case. And yeah, he was a exactly. Forest Park kid, so that explains a lot. There I appreciate is. you clearing <laughs> that up for me. Hey, my cousin went to Forest Park. I can, I understand. It's so. So I have, the, my wife did too. So I have, I have two <laughs> questions for you, Jim. So, you know, you guys talk about it started when you guys were little kids. You guys get into junior high, and and they go 78, 79. How much of a motivator was that for you guys? And I'm going to guess that somewhere along there that somebody on this 82 team, there was a brother, a cousin, a couple of neighbors who were part of that 78, 79 that maybe gave you guys a little bit keener interest and, and maybe was that big motivator to say, hey, they didn't get it done. We're going to. Uh, we had a little chip on our shoulder for sure. And and I, I they were a big motivator. But I, I was just, I'd watch those games and uh, Dean Fazio and John Leavich and I mean, I could go down. Was your brother on those? Was Mike on those team or was Mike a little bit Mike's older? Mike's in the 60s. He played with Ricky Brown. And if you ever want to talk about Ricky yeah. Brown, Ricky Brown's from my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. I got stories about him watching him grow up. And that was another, like, 
I grew up at Irvine, which wasn't a, wasn't a big school. I mean, how many elementary schools did Euclid have back in the day? Fourteen. There was something like that. Yeah, there was a ton. Fourteen. Yeah. So they rolled. They rolled. Schools. They rolled over on Noble and Wells. Right. And, right. Yeah. But other than right. when I was growing up, they were all. Upson, they were all. Upson, Upson, Wells. Upson's rebuilt. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, they're all rebuilt now. But yeah. But I mean, no, you, you're right. Yeah. There was a ton there at that time. You won't duplicate the Euclid system like it was. I think it was just a perfect time. Um, you know, everything's. I don't know, it's different. I mean, you yeah. live in no, it was a 30-year run. Yeah, That's was, what we said before. I don't think you're from, ever going to see anything like that. Yeah. Little stat, the year I was born and the year I graduated, you could win a state championship, 63 and 82. There and uh, mm -hmm. I was always really proud of that. Yeah. Like, I used to remember driving down the street, and they had the sign, state champs, 1963. Yeah. And, I like, yeah. and I loved baseball. I was just, yeah. I loved it. I'm going to do that. Man, Pat, all these guys, you know, have these fun little stats they like to throw out. Well, you know, the funny... <laughs> And, and another no, guy that's, like that. We were talking, fantastic. We're talking yeah. about we're talking about coaches. Yeah, one of the guys that played on that '63 team, which was Raleigh, Raleigh Hudek, was one of my favorite coaches Raleigh. ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he took he took on the freshman team when they had a freshman. You guys Tom had, Murphy was on that team. Yeah, that got Tommy drafted. Murphy. Yeah, Nasik. Yep, Joe Nasik. Joe Nasik. I mean that 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 was a great group. That was a really great group. And and to talk about that, you know, that the teams in the '68, that team. They had they had some fantastic players on there. There's records at, at Kent State. Ricky Brown basically went in there and he got Thurman Munson demolished Thurman, Thurman Munson's, Munson's records. Yeah, Ricky Brown. There's a story in our neighborhood. I lived across the street from this lot, and they used to pitch him basketballs. And his wrists were so strong. Have you ever hit a basketball with a bat? If you it's don't not hit easy. it. Oh, you, you got to hit that. If thing. you don't hit it right, that bat's gonna hit you in the head. Yeah. And he would hit the ball. I'm telling you, hit the basketball like 200 feet. Crazy. Yeah, he was crazy. Coach Brown was crazy. So here's here's my second question, then Jim. You brought up something that I that I've brought up a number of times. You said that you were afraid to let them down, referring to Coach Sarah and Coach mm -hmm. Hartman. How much did that play into your decision making when they came to you and asked you to wrestle? I didn't think twice about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I first met Hart to play in that first year, I truly trusted him. I mean, I had a in my junior year, like I said, we were, we had a great we had a great team. But my my sophomore year, I saw a lot of things that, you know, we had some malcontent seniors at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we had lost. We're still playing the string out, and that wasn't what these guys were about. So we, I saw a couple lessons taught then, and I was like, no, I'm never putting myself in that position. And, and do you think maybe part of that was a little bit of hangover from having lost in 78 and 79 for yeah, those guys? There was like they felt like maybe they were cursed or something? <laughs> we had a perfect storm. A couple kids got in trouble uh, for some things. So that we had some kids out for the first 12 games. So we never really we never really gelled as a team. And then they brought Joe and I up as sophomores, and that pissed a lot of seniors I was going to say that had to. Because had <laughs> yeah, we both, because they didn't bring us up to sit. They brought us up to play. play. Sure, right. And we played. I batted fifth on that team as a sophomore. And, you know, that was a good, good team. And they they weren't afraid to play us. And, and that literally, when when the so, when the sophomores came up to be seniors with us, we were kind of like the anointed captains, and they followed everything we said. And we followed everything they said. So you know, I think it was, you know, one of the things I um, mentioned earlier about when you come in after, you know, an injury, you're coming in and, <laughs> hey, you know, here's what I got to do. I got to do my part. How are you guys being the senior class with the junior coming up now? Like you mentioned, how much did that play a role now in? Hey, now we got an underclassman coming in to help. I how think much we did that play in pretty well? You did. You did. I real mean, quick we, too. we we 
I, it didn't I, I, sound I, like it the way you yeah. described it. Didn't sound like yeah. it. I mean, we were rough. He, on it's him. tough love, right? They rather have one of their buddies. Yes, it's a part of hazing a little right. bit. You know, I mean, I hate to use that word, I yeah. guess, but it was Tommy's position. It was other yeah. guys' position. It, I was three, four deep. It was just like you said, the perfect storm. You were just the next guy up, basically. That was it. Definitely. It wasn't. It, I had no business that, being in that lineup. It that was same, guys but you did though. You did. You you got in the lineup and you did exactly what you were supposed to do, and you made great plays at third. I mean, I can remember them like it's yesterday. So you answered the bell like we all had to. Yep. And John Donnett, who's here, and Paul Atkins have a little bit of a, a unique story. Paul was Paul was sick, right? And John was starting against Padua, right? I don't know what game it was, but yeah, he got hurt on the double on the yes. double play, and Paul was. You know, John came in, and then he was gone for the, you know the remainder of the tournament. And then he, John played a key role when Paul was sick in a big game. I mean, we beat Padua four to two, and Bruce Benedict had not hit that whole year after having a huge summer. It's a two-run bomb to, to lift us. So it was like we just had guys step up. It wasn't me. It wasn't Louie. It wasn't Joe. It was just literally Hugo. Hugo played left field without hitting the whole year. I think he got a couple of bats. But. And, and how smooth was Bruce at first, though? <laughs> Unbelievable. Was it, I mean, you just throw anywhere in that direction. Our infield, our infield, we were, and Nils, Nils still alive? Nils used to oh, do the pass. No, no, absolutely. Okay. Oh, man. Actually, we were just talking <laughs> about Nils the other day. Yeah. Nils used to do, so he, his sole job was the palace. I don't know if you ever talked about that on here. I well, think actually, he did. He did. He, he, he but did, towards he did, the end. Yeah, he did the football field, yeah. too. He he would grow the grass to Hart's level. <laughs> I'm telling you, and Hart. We Take never the scissors out and cut it. And and literally he we were taught to throw two seamers because they would go down and in and we just threw ground balls. Ground balls all day. There was easy ground our balls. Our infield yeah, the infield wouldn't even they wouldn't even play deep. Like you see how deep some high school kids play now? Our guys played regular depth because they knew we weren't we were gonna give up two hoppers. Which also helped a lot with the bunt game too. I mean for us as far as that being part of the strategy. Kenny, I I, I wanna ask you a question because you've coached a long, long time. Against you, yeah. <laughs> a couple, of, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about coaching. First of all, I can see it. I see, I see a lot of Coach Sarah and Coach Hart in, in the way that you coach. What, do, what do you bring? What do you bring from from that experience to your coaching? And more importantly, what do you, what do you find the most difficult thing when you're trying to translate what you went through in your experience to the kids that that you coach? What I try to bring to, to every game that I coach is a calming effect. Because when you played for Hart and Sarah, there was no yelling and screaming from a yeah. dugout. They, you know, coaching was done. Wait, Wait you got yelled at? Like not during the game. Not, no embarrassment. No, ever, no. never. And then, you know, and I see a lot of this screaming that goes on today with other coaches. And what I brought is that type of calming effect. I hope to my players. Um, the hardest thing nowadays is, like like Jimmy said, these kids today they they do not have the love of the game. They truly don't. They might like to come out and they play. Have too a game. many options. And in in Jim, what I've always said, the the scourge of baseball is the roster batting. When you can bat 11, 12, 13 kids, I have kids that come up to me all the time and say, "My leg hurts" or "I got a headache." Can I sit out this thing? Could you, could you imagine sitting out? You know what else drives me crazy? These kids list themselves as POs now. I'm just a pitcher only. I'm like, what? Yeah. How are you just a pitcher only? You're, baseball you're 11. Player. You're yeah. a baseball yeah. player. <laughs> That's the biggest word. You're 11. Yeah, you're a baseball you're player. A base
Well, actually, Coach Sarah had been on our show one other time. He was actually with Coach Woods, who's another, you know, legend in, in Ohio. He's coaching VA. Yeah, yeah. First year, yeah, he, nice he got him. Got him, guess, covered that game. Got, got, him, got him to the district final in his first. I year. I can't root for him though. So no, sorry. No, no. That was that was a treat for me though because <laughs> I got I got a chance to interview a guy that I played for because I played yeah, for my freshman year awesome. case and that's awesome. Um, think the world of guy and yeah, having both of those guys on the the amount of. Those guys have forgotten more baseball than we ever knew. Did you guys mention Sarah's record from 78 to 82? I'm sure Paul will. I better not steal it from him. Yeah. It's crazy. Go well, ahead and steal I, it from I, I would just <laughs> take his line. No. Having Coach on and, and, and asking him, you know, I had just asked him about did, did he ever catch any flack for only winning one time? Because <laughs> I had a huge argument with a Euclid grad at one point about that. And, and my example was, is Bill Gutbrod one of the greatest coaches in the history of the state of Ohio? And everybody's, yeah, well, he only won right. one state title. I, I, I mean, how many schools outside of parochial schools have won multiple titles? Right. Not, not many. many. It's not easy to do. Because there's only one winner. Yeah, there's only one. Well, yeah. we were talking about it, too, is that OSHA doesn't really promote community um Baseball, they mm -hmm. do everything they can to. Yeah, they, they, they basically they push this club baseball thing. Which, listen, I know clubs are making money, blah blah blah. But that's another downfall too. Is mm -hmm. you know you got nine MVPs on a team, mm -hmm. and you're not getting a team to play together with eight kids that you're going to play with in your high school. So it's yeah. well, that was what I was going to ask you guys because I, I've said it many times on, on many of our shows, but you guys have a unique perspective because you had just said. You won 56 games in the summer prior. Being that the Euclid summer team, that in itself was the precursor. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it travel baseball, but that's what it was. Do you remember wanting to make the Legion team? Oh, absolutely. That feeling? What, when I, I'll tell you right now, my sophomore year when, when, when Coach said, hey, you're going to be playing. You're going to be playing on the on the mm -hmm. Legion team. I, that, that was one of the, my favorite moments. Ever. I still remember Joe I Joe Ifelice got asked to play on the Legion team after ninth grade, and I didn't, and I I was devastated. But you know, you learn from it. And I had to wait to my eleventh grade. I didn't even. <laughs> we were a little deep. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But no, but, but you're right. Think about that. Yeah. Just think about that. He was our leading you're, hitter you're, in the tournament, but, and yeah, I know. How many and, and I didn't really get it into it with coach, but cuts were, were a big part oh. of it. And when, when when there's forty kids going out, you can only keep so many. And we, that's that's the foster of the competition there was, part. There that, was kids that moved. Keith Will. Yeah, remember, yeah. I don't remember Keith Will. Keith Will moved to Willoughby because yeah, he, he, he couldn't play. He yeah. couldn't start at Euclid. And by the way, how and how rough pretty was, decent and I like Keith was a good pitcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wilbur threw hard. You know, I didn't really get a chance to ask Mr. Sarah this because he mentioned at one point, you know, he did mention it was rough, but how rough was it for the kids, the ones that couldn't dress for that, you know, for the tournament, for the, you know, those couple of games there? Yeah, we had I could not we be easy. 24. 24, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was crazy. Club. We had our own fan club within our. <laughs> that was the but, thing about that video. Yeah. I was like, who are all who these guys? guys? <laughs> I'm like, they're letting them on the field, but then I, I realized that they were actually on the team. Yeah, we had 24 guys rostered, and I. Um, on the and then you could only put sixteen, I think. Eighteen, 18. I think is what Coach yeah. said. Yeah, I think they've expanded it to twenty yeah. nowadays. And he but. changed it as I mean, you I don't I don't know if you could I don't know if you had to do it in the beginning of the tournament or you could change. it. I think you could do it game by game. Yeah. So, but um, 
those kids, you would have never known they were disappointed. They were, I, I can name them, Barrett Piper, um, who else? Stacy Jones, Stacy Jones, Jones uh, Furman, Callahan, Mike Ellenbest. Yeah, I mean, but they were all part of the team, even though they didn't play. But and that's it was everybody's team, and everybody feels that way to this day. Our parents, the, I don't know, I've mentioned this, but I'm sure Paul talked about this. Our parents were as close as we were too, so it was really. I hate to say it was easy, but that's how I remember it. You know, I mean. You talk about the biggest thrill when we make the American Legion team, which you guys had that thrill much earlier than me. But what was the other one? You're not the bitter, first, though, are you? No, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was the I'll other biggest thrill? Right? When you put the big blue coat on yeah. for the first time, yep. and they told you never to wear it outside, couldn't get out fast enough on Friday night to wear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, was just, it was a special feeling. And, and when I moved to Aurora, I kind of tried to instill that in my coaching as well. You know, I coached – Travel all the way up in Cooperstown through whatever. Quite a few Euclid guys out there. Are yeah, now. Carp's, 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 Carp's out, out there. <laughs> and you saw Carpy's kid yeah. in for yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, and he's got another boy going to Penn State next two years. And, Penn State's um, getting everybody from Yeah, they're really there. picking up a lot of kids from uh, the bottom. That coach just left, too. And, they're you know, they're the bottom of the Big Ten, but they are getting they're yeah. getting recruits. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tucker McKinney's coaching, it's, it's – it, a lot of people rejected how we approach baseball. And we're not yellers. We were – I wanted to concentrate on defense and pitching and all these other guys. Let's just hit. Let's just right. hit. I'm like, dude, you got to catch the ball. You catch and pitch and scrape a couple of rounds. We'll win games. And, you know, everyone wants to. Spoken like a true pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like the NL. Yeah. <laughs> and not the Indians. Right. Even though I argue with you on Facebook all the time. Yeah. That sounds like the. Uh... What the Indians are trying to follow this year? Though. Yeah, no but hitting. Figured, yeah, we, we, we'll we'll pitch and we'll play defense. They're not even pitching. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys with this, both of you, this question. Thirty-seven years later, is it still? Thanks it, for aging everybody. No, I'm does, fifty-five. You're fifty-four. Forty-four. Sure. <laughs> His beard is like it looks like he's from the Civil War. He just over played now. Ulysses Grant <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was just up, that was just up in his place <laughs> right, up in, right. in Willoughby. Yeah. Um, I thought he was Jeb Stewart. <laughs> does, it, does, it, does it still does it still ring as special to you guys today as it as it did you know all those years ago? Oh, you answer first. Uh, you know what? I don't think there's a week that goes by that I don't think about it. And yeah, it is as special today as it was 37 years ago. And the only thing that that tarnishes it all is how many times do we think about Gary Castle? I think about Gary a lot. He's my, you know, my catcher, and uh, the dude was a real, real special kid. I mean, we lost yeah. him what? How many years ago? He was the first to go. In the ten, only. maybe, maybe eight to ten. Yeah, Diane. I talked to her on Facebook the other day. Her his sister. So yeah, that's that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. The but, great, the greatest time of my life. <laughs> hey, it was downhill after eighteen. How pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I you keep you were selling, one of those Shannon keep, Fence guys. Yeah, but <laughs> you guys you all have selling, kids here, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So you, well, get, you get made. His fun records of, are sealed, but yeah. yeah. So you get made of fun and proud. Never been to Belize. Dad jokes and all that. Yes. So when you know, I had, when Mr. Rosero was on, I was kind of commenting on the, you know, the comments and stuff because I, I, I think you guys do an excellent job, and I love what you guys do for high school sports. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank appreciate you. That, Super man. awesome, and you need more of this. But we walked into it, anyways. No, it's awesome. But I think about it. All the time, and then when I told my kids about this show, like we have this 
family text, whatever. And I swear they had to be laughing, like, can't believe Dad's so excited about going on a. <laughs> but it was. Anytime I talk about baseball in front of my kids, they start singing Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days to me. It's amazing. <laughs> Without fail. We're lucky to have what we have because I don't. I don't think a lot of people were able to experience what we experienced, and that's one of the special times of my life. But so. I think, and honestly, that's why those memories stick. Yeah, to be flat up honest with you. Well, it's, the lessons Hart and Sarah taught us too. I mean, uh, Patrick knows this too. Sarah really wasn't the disciplinarian. Hart was there was a good cop, bad cop, and uh, well, I'll tell you everything Hart taught me. And I'll leave you with this story. I'll give the microphone to somebody else. When I was a junior, talk about getting you know fool yourself. I was batting fourth, junior, on probably top 10 ranked team. I think I struck out three. This is a scrimmage preseason. I think I struck out twice. Once was looking, whatever, and coming back to the dugout, I laid down some words that probably weren't too <laughs> becoming of me, and Hart goes, Mitch, 30 pulls, just like that. I mean, it's a scrimmage. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you put whoever in. I like so I go out and run three miles, and it was like fourth inning, whatever. I come in, it's bottom of the seventh, and just go get loose. <laughs> You're in. Like it, it, it was like one of those lessons, like don't ever show up to the team. Don't, you know, mm -hmm. this, is, this is what we're about. And to this day, I, I remember all that stuff. Well, we, uh, I really, like I said, this is – I hate to sound like like the twelve year old kid I was when you guys won it, but you know. Is that how old you were? I was twelve. And it's funny. Do you, Matty Carp, same age? No, he's he's two he's two he's years ninety, right? He's two well, years yeah, older. Matt's younger, yeah. Younger, okay. Younger. Yeah, he played as a freshman. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Our junior, I should say. Um, but watching you guys, you know, and obviously getting to play against you guys later on in Class A, you guys. Did you face Dyer face you? Yeah. How'd you do? I didn't do <laughs> I don't remember. I, think Cooney, I was going to say, Cooney. he don't remember either. No, 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 okay. no, no. I think Cooney probably had you throw at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. No, no, Actually, that I, was that other guy. I, I did that I, a lot. I, yes. I, 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 will t I will tell you this. Seven consecutive because for Cooney, one guy. It was awesome. Because Cooney and, and those guys all played with my brother, Stevie. I mean, Very they, they like together. I was, all, I, I was always immune to that. Yeah. Joe Cooper, unfortunately, was not. Joe Cooper. <laughs> I played with him at Lakeland. Seven <laughs> consecutive at-bats. <laughs> But the team, the Jim team. Magazine too, and and God Jimmy Magazine used to come to the come to the before the game. He was okay. Just hit me the first. Just yeah. hit me at the first pitch. Don't let me think about it. <laughs> but uh, a former teammate of yours and and a uh, guy that I wound up coaching with, uh, God rest his soul, Marty Schreiber. Yes. Um, my favorite Class A story ever. He he literally walked me on four pitches, on purpose, so he could pick me off. <laughs> he was the, the greatest. The greatest, he, uh, he literally froze me. Like, that and, was a badge of honor to be picked. I, it, it, if you it, played it, ball, it, you got picked off by Marty. So, coaching with him, I don't you know, think I had enough bats. We're drinking, <laughs> we're drinking a couple of bottles of coffee. That's where a little OBP yeah. helps, and, and right? The stores start yeah. flowing, and, and um, that, unless you had, the, and Terry knows this because he was there too, unless you had an opportunity to play in that league at that time. You, Are you there leagues like that no, anymore? There really isn't. I mean, I mean there's they, college. Well, leagues. there's the collegiate leagues. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't but think have, there's anything quite like Class like A around guys here. Guys don't anymore. after 26. If they don't make it, they kind of quit playing. Yeah. I mean, they play Roy Hobbs and that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. It's but, sad. But it's uh, it, it, it's a fantastic. Like I said, this is this is a thrill for me to have you guys come in and talk today. So yeah. Thank I truly you, truly appreciate 
Yeah. And and keep doing what you guys are doing from the coaching perspective. And yes, absolutely tell Ty we can have him on the show anytime. Absolutely. I'll do the show next yeah. Time. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. I'll wear my uh, thank I'll, you. I'll wear my cape and elf slippers. There you go. Oh, that's a different kind of wrestling. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you, guys. It's Appreciate been the time, guys. It's been a fantastic thank one. Thank you. Absolutely. Send send the next the next uh, Jimmy Atkins. You want the righty, Pat? Yeah. Let's. And Hugo, too. Another guy was a walk teammate. walk in front of the camera, man. No, no problem. I'll, this refute, I'll refute all the lies that you were just told. <laughs> they said you hit a grand slam. That's not a lie. Okay. <laughs> and I said you were immediately drug tested. <laughs> the story I tell is... That was a 36-run. You got to move. That was probably a 36-run, 30-hit game that day. Yeah. One home run over the fence that day. Jim likes to say that the tornado was blowing out. It wasn't. Okay. He said you hit it from second base, actually. That's <laughs> Tommy did. Tommy, yeah, Tommy said, said that, yeah. Ah, that, that's, that's harsh, yeah. No, it was, so, it was legit. But so, you know what? Right. It was drizzling that day, and I thought, we got pulled off the field at some point. And I thought, oh, I just hit my first ever over the fence homer. It's not going to count. And it's not, not going to count. count. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat, you were talking about your kids giving you the glory days. All he's missing is the bandana. That's right. He does got a kind of Bruce Springsteen thing he going does. on. Right? Does, nice. Absolutely. So we are joined. Well, he, he was probably the best looking kid on the team. Well, that's not. Well, there goes that. his ego. <laughs> 37 years ago. So we're joined by uh, Paul Atkins and Chris Hughes. Thank you guys for yeah. joining us. Yep. So, the obligatory question is this. We've been asking everybody this. When, when did you guys kind of know that 80, 82 was going to be a special year for you guys? Let the senior go first. Uh, you know, we always had that. Pat, you play, so you know. We always had that spark with our team. When we were sophomores, Joe, Ifelice, and Jim played on varsity that year. So, we had two 10th graders up there. We were, we had a, we were 16 and 8 on JV. But it was really probably that next summer um, I played Legion for two years. So I played after there were six of us that played after. Hold on one three. second. Yep. Hey, Kenny, he made the Legion team. <laughs> two years. Two, two years. Twice. <laughs> I was 15 that summer playing 18U as a 15 How many, year year How many years you play Legion ball, Hugo? What's that? How many years you play Legion ball? Two. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there's a couple of us that got lucky enough to play two. But I think it was that summer because there we were as 15 or, or – young 16-year-olds playing against 18-year-olds, and, you know, we were 33 and 5, something crazy like that. Went down to Athens, won our first game down there, and then got beat twice, so that was an awakening. But I think right there we knew we could, at that age, we were already competing with those good teams. And in the Sarah coach teams, you know, it was all defense, pitching. We would score exactly the number of runs we needed to score every game. But I think it was probably that summer after 10th grade, the summer of – 80 or yeah 80 i guess it was 81 81 so it's probably that summer that i felt like we can do it that's the exact same thing for me when we went down there we were thinking oh my god these guys are a lot older than us we're all sophomores and juniors and we hung we did good you know and and i think we came out of that and we were like we could do this you know we got a pretty good team then we started playing teams our own age in the you know in the actual league itself and 
you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of competition kind of locally. Um, Brush gave us some good some good runs a couple times. They had a couple good guys, Brian Mann and Matt Hudak and they, they had Brian's some, actually watching right now. Yeah. yeah. He oh, said Brush guy loves the show. Hey, I take that back. Those guys, <laughs> those guys were younger than you though. They you were know? younger than yeah. us but because they're younger than I am. Right. They were a year younger than me. They're I think they were 84, 85. Right. In that well, Hawk was 85. And, and yeah, yeah, I'm 84 and you were 83. Right. And Hootie right. was 86 I believe. Okay. Was he that young? Okay. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you guys go down to uh, Columbus. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, Coach Sarah was saying that um, I think Saponsic made a, a great catch that, you know, kind of solidified some. But the stat, and, and this is the stat that you provided us a couple of weeks ago, and Danny brought it up, eight, eight runs in seven games. I, 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 don't, I don't know much about what, what goes into winning and losing. But I know that that had probably something, something to do with why you guys came home with the ring. Yeah, that was. Uh, and if there was any way to win it, I, I'm glad we won it like that, and not with blowouts and things like that, because it really kind of cemented how we played. You know, we we were two, three runs up on teams. I think before we even took the field, just from a defensive and a strategic standpoint. Um, you know, we, we we gave up three outs an inning. We did not give up. We did not have a lot of errors. And so talk about a team locking it in. And I think in our last uh, 11 total games, we had 13 runs given up. So we locked it in down the stretch. It's an easy game. I've been trying to tell you guys that yeah, for three yeah, years. It's an easy game because <laughs> it don't allow any runs. I mean, it was typically the baseball. It, right. it really was. Well, we it were was... blessed. We had kids. You know, the one thing I did want to say was you don't go 34-1 and one with nine guys. Uh we had a roster of 24 guys, as evidenced by the next year, the record these guys had. So we had 24 guys that could have started on most teams in the area. Pat, you know how that, that works with the depth of the Euclid team. So that's a shout-out to all the guys on the team. It was totally a team effort. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I think the one Mr. Sarah's talking about was our district opener, our district semi, 3 nothing on Iggy, mm -hmm. bottom of seven. They had bases loaded, loaded. Yeah. and a kid ripped one in the gap. And it's a it's – a, Game tying triple for sure, and Soupy Ronsaponsa tracked it down in the gap for the third out of the game. So, yeah, but that preserved the shutout. We mm -hmm. shut out Lakewood, uh, and then Iggy, and then uh, Nordonia in the next game. So we had our first three tournament games were shutouts. Um, so yeah, great, great start, and that's how we won a lot of our games. And it had to be, you know, when you had the kind of pitching you guys had in, in '82, and let's face it, you guys were were at least. Five, four, four deep, maybe five or six deep, from from a pitching perspective, it had to give them a, a, a lot of confidence to just go out there and throw. Because the infield that you guys threw out out there was was one of the best that's ever you know graced the diamond over there at, at, at the palace. So, did they they rely on you guys from that perspective, from a defensive perspective? I'll let the, I'll let one of those four pitchers answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, you know, we all know Joe and Kenny and everything. I'll tell you though. With P.A. and Bruce uh, Benedict on that side of the field, Bruce had some good range, and, boy, he he had the sewer at first base, man. I mean, Decent-sized target over there. Yeah, Bruce was, what, a good 6'3", 6'4". <laughs> you know? Yeah, it and, it, and he's lefty, and he knew, how to play, he, he knew how to play first base, you know? So some of those throws that you kind of like, oh, shit, and, you know, Bruce would yeah. suck it right up, you know? So uh, these two guys were, were vacuums over there, so... 
you know, uh, like I mentioned before, it's typical, typical Euclid baseball. It's pitching, defense, and small ball. And grand slams. And our pitchers threw hard, so a lot of those late swingers, our right side of the yeah. field got a lot of play, too, from that because these guys all threw hard. Um, there, there's been a lot of talk, guys, about how you guys had games won or at least you had a lead when the other team got off the bus. Was there anybody that you guys played that you thought was so familiar with you that you didn't really have that advantage? There was a couple of, yeah, I think there was a couple of teams. I mean, I had a couple of people that I've talked to later on and after and uh, that said our infield. They were, the game was over after they saw our inf after we took infield. And if you knew how Mr. Sarah was with the infield, uh, it was crisp, it was clean, it was fast. You know, we had teams standing on the top edge of the dugout just going like, oh, God, we got to play these guys. I mean, and we took pride in that. But when we started playing, was it like East Lake North a little bit with, was it Chikarski? What was this? Uh, Larry Kucharski. Larry Kucharski and those guys, you know. And Humple. Yeah, Humple. Humple. Well, yeah. if, if I had to name those teams, Will yeah. uh, South, my junior year, probably the worst loss I've ever had ever in my career was as a junior we lost the regional final to go to columbus to south who we'd beaten twice during the regular season so that they were great uh brush was excellent and north was excellent so if you talk about strictly from a, a standpoint of who really wasn't intimidated the those three teams because we yeah those are gcc opponents but but and we know a lot of those guys like post baseball life and so they're great guys, and we know they weren't afraid of us. You know, it's just that we were, we were just really good, and, and we were able to win. You know, when we had to. Well, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys talked a lot about the pitching and defense, but, um, and I did have to kind of bust Pat here a little bit. Um, no slash line on the offensive numbers here in the stat sheet. Um, a little bit bummed out about that, yeah, but he's, he's a sabermetrics guy. He is. <laughs> trust but, me, the first thing he said, it goes. I'm looking at all these stats. There's no slash. No line. slash line. Um, <laughs> the, Probably didn't exist back then. <laughs> no, but um, well, the other thing I want to bring up, though, I mean, it's not like you guys are just scraping together wins here either. I mean, seven and a half runs a game. Um, just because I like to do this stuff, uh, a Pythagorean winning percentage of thirty-two and three. So it's not like you guys are getting lucky here. I mean, you guys were just flat out dominant as a baseball team. How did that feel to get out there knowing that yeah, if we got two or three runs, this is great? But now wait, we're getting seven. How much fun was that going on the hill, knowing you got that and with that defense behind you? Oh, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it's just we just had all the confidence in the world. I'll be honest with you. I mean, and when we stepped out there, it was kind of in our mind, beat us, you know, and you know, and we just we gave it a good run, you know. Everybody was committed. That was that was key. Sarah, Hart. I mean, I coached for 15 plus years. After hardest thing for me was. I actually went to Sarah. It's like, how do you run a good practice? That was the hardest thing for me. I mean, kids standing in the outfield while you're throwing, you know, you know, while you're throwing, um, you know, batting practice. That's not a good practice. So it all started for us to answer your question in practice. I mean, there was never anybody ever standing around doing nothing. There was always, you know, First baseman were practicing scoops. You know, the middle infield was turning fake double plays, whatever it was. You know, and if you were a pitcher, you know, you better be backing up the right base on something that may be a triple. I mean, the situational side of it, I think, really prepared us to when we, we knew what we were doing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but um, was the was the last inning of the championship game? Did you guys turn a double play right before the last out? 
Yeah, we uh, we scraped out a 3-1 lead going into bottom of seven in that game. And they had a kid <laughs> named Alan Anderson who went on to pitch for the Minnesota Twins. He won an ERA title in the American League one year. <clears throat> but they had let him pitch the entire game in the semis the day before. He threw a no-hitter against Withrow, Cincinnati Withrow. It was like an 8 nothing game or something. you think they could have taken him out and saved him. But he pitched the whole complete game. <clears throat> but he let off the bottom, bottom of seven with a walk. And then the next guy smacked a <clears throat> two-hopper right at me. <clears throat> so I went to second to Joe at short for one, back to first. It was a little low throw. Benny scooped it out of the dirt. So <clears throat> that was two outs, bottom of seven, one more out, up 3-1. All right, so I want to I take you to that moment right there, okay? Because it's 3-1, there's two outs. You're one out away from obviously doing it. What, what was the thought on the field right there? <clears throat> well, I was having trouble breathing. I was, was going to say, don't hit it to me right now. <laughs> I was um. having trouble breathing. No, actually, quite the opposite. I was okay. like, yeah, hit it at me. I yeah. wanted the ball. Uh, but it was, I cannot believe we're about to win the state title. We've been dreaming about it for forever. Mr. Sarah was like my seventh or eighth grade basketball coach. Yeah, I, he let me bat boy when I was nine, ten years old, driving up to the probably to see your brothers playing for McDonald's or somebody. Sarah would let Mr. Sarah would let me in the dugout to to, uh, to bat boy, but um, that was an unbelievable feeling. Looking up at the stands, looking at all of our parents, our siblings, uh, and then of course the next kid, uh, a lefty, Chip Lance. He hit a solo shot it's still going uh, with, yeah. with two strikes <laughs> with, with two strikes well that's kind of what no, i was getting on the mind like like you go <laughs> easy from, big fella you, you, you go from that that okay, was joe we're, jackson we're one out away to uh-oh <laughs> kind exactly. of thing. No, that was it. yeah it was well when the kid hit it i mean thank god we turned the double play of course yeah, exactly. that, that, that comes up huge both yeah. ends of it right if we had only gotten one end of it but i was full of confidence um three two okay nobody on bases clear two outs the next kid, I, I, I like to remember it as like a nine hopper through the left side. I don't know. This this kid hits a single that saw its way through the left side. So now they got a guy on first. Their crowd's going crazy. And that's when Louie came back in. And, and and we had gotten the kid who hit the single, we had gotten him to two strikes. So we were we were one strike away twice. And then Louie came in, I think just to that one hitter, right. and, and well, he flew out. And I, I believe this to be correct. I'm not 100% sure. But – Right now, you cannot enter a game back in as a pitcher. Mm -hmm. So I believe Louis has a record, and I think this is true, that will stand forever, is that he got the win and the save yeah. in the state championship game. Yeah. How about that? He got a save in the, in the semifinal, too. And he I love saved that little the semi. Yeah. Yeah. He got a save in the semi. So, I mean, I don't, that can never be broken with today's rules. Right. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I you know, have kind of asked the other guys, too, is you mentioned how growing up Euclid baseball, Everything. I mean, I grew up in Euclid. I grew up with that. Pat, obviously, we know he lived it and breathed it and loves it even all of this day. How much more special was that coming up with that group, with that particular group of guys to come up and after coming up short, coming up short, this group goes and you finally achieve that. How much, how special was it? How much, or how much more special did that become because? of the upbringing and because you were with those guys all the way through it. Yeah, I mean, we've all been friends since we were eight, nine years old. I think one of the Deanna boys broke his nose at, at 10 years old. He ran me over you in Legion and you know. put, him me, in the hospital. put me in the hospital for a couple of days. So we've, we, we've, had close, we've had close relationships over it time. It sounds like a brotherly type of love. It really yeah. does. 
but but just coming up and, and like I said with me it started I would ride my bike from my house up to the high school and as I turned that corner I would always hope that there were cars in the parking lot because that meant there was a game going on and like I said it was either the Legion team or those or, or the Lake County A guys so from, up, from a young age you grew up on Trevick I was on Miller Miller because I, I was remember part of that Roosevelt see, that's yeah. that's what I yep. remember I I remember at a very young age playing ball against you guys at Roosevelt. We had a great, probably six, seven years of kids. Yeah. yeah. That if you know, it's just like anybody. If you if you want to compete, you got to play with the older kids. Pat, and you I was know, lucky. You know enough, that better. I than was anybody. lucky enough. I had older brothers that I don't know if it was my mom told them I had to play or whatever, but I got to play with the older kids. And I'm telling you to this day, that was the difference. Yeah. That was the. Yeah. Having when, when you're six and seven years old and you're playing against 14, 15, 16 year old hey, kids, Pat, I'll just tell you, as the oldest of three boys, mom had something to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, mom had something to do with it. But the, um, the rubber off the wall oh. games up at oh. Memorial, I mean, yeah. I grew up on Friday, right? So, there you go. Yeah. yeah, we were up there, you know, and, and we sometimes we'd have to switch because there was a Legion game going on. So if you hit it off of the concession stand at now Sarah Field, right. it went over the uh. Went over into the Legion game. I like, flipped over the fence once, and we were talking. Uh, Jimmy Mitch brought up Nils. Nils. <laughs> and we were talking about this in the press box the other day. We did the Mayfield uh, Menor game. Uh, game. And I always, it always struck me as odd that Nils, no matter what time of day it was, if you did anything anywhere near the palace, he was on you. Yeah. Almost like he was sitting there. With, but yeah, apparently, the would yeah, he literally lived, I guess, uh, Turk, Coach Turkle told me he lived right over there. That that now it makes see. perfect sense to me. But uh, so I took some of those uh, lessons though from Nils as I coached my son through the mentor travel and everything. It killed me to watch other teams warm up on the infield, get them down the line, <laughs> get out from in front of the dugouts, get out there. That was that's that the was thing. one of Nils. That's the Shout thing out think, to Nils. And, and you guys are laughing because you you know when I say this. That's the most iconic thing that people that weren't part of the program don't get, how we weren't allowed to do anything. on The, the reason the field looked the way that it did yeah, is because no we, no we, we weren't allowed to do anything on it. Yep. So, and it was cherished. It, right. you, you, oh, yeah. you wanted to play on that field so bad when I, you were a kid. And, and I know that's probably the same for you guys, but when you, when you first walked on the palace as a player, Pretty special, no? My, my first game there was Central, Euclid Central. We played the ninth grade championship there. Yep, we played Jimmy's, Mitch's, and the Deanna Short team. And Joe Eifley's pitch, he was our shortstop. I played second, but I slid over to short for that game. And that was my first live game on that field. I couldn't believe how that big mine, mine that well. infield was. Yeah, yeah you probably, because me and Chris went to Central. Chris was in. We had, a, we had kind of a funny age group. I was in the same grade as Jim and those guys as a senior, but I was more age grouped to Chris and Louie and Donette mm -hmm. and, and Stacy Jones and guys like that. So I was a really young senior. So I played probably more ball with these guys during like Pony League All-Stars and all that stuff than I did with, because uh, they were a year up for me. So. More, more Thompson traded me for. You got couple, traded? I got traded for Tony Fosk and a couple of dozen balls. Was Scott Brown trade. Yeah, Scott like Brown that. got traded in, in Lake County A for a, a dozen balls and I think two cases of Miller or something. Sounds about right, Lakers. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We traded him. We Lakers. traded him. From yeah. the Lakers. Is that to like the on the draft chart? Is that what it said he was worth? If you no, it was in it was literally it was in the middle of the season. the season. I think at the All Star break we come back and we're like, Where's Browner? I traded him. We needed balls and beer. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, yeah we needed balls and bears. We traded first base. That's for my us type of GM right there. The merchants. And he killed us the second yeah. half yeah. of the year. Oh my god, did he kill us? <laughs> but uh, and we started picking him up for tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Trade him and then you pick him up. Trade pick him back yeah. up. So we're, we're up against it a little bit here, but I, I want to guys ask you one thing. If you had to pick one moment from from that year, other than the obvious, you know, raising your hands as champions, what what would it be? Well, I'm just going to go on the fun side. I threw a three-hitter against Shaker Heights, and these guys blew it. And we lost. Oh, so you know what? Yeah, we lost. We lost. Yeah. Oh, because I, I wanted to ask <laughs> who missed the bunt. Yeah, who missed the bunt? Yeah, yeah. unnamed player. Yeah, <laughs> he's here. That's all we know. You know player to be named. Later. You know what's really funny? <laughs> it, it, it wasn't me. This is how close you guys are. It wasn't me. No it one wasn't give up. No, nobody's. No one will give him up. Nobody's no. giving him up. But I'll tell you, the next Shaker kid that day, yeah, and he had to pitch it in the minors, I think. We got beat fair and He square. was throwing 90-plus, and it was just there was no chance. That dude was just chucking it. Mm -hmm. He was on. We saw him later on, and, there was something, and he yeah, that walked, was, walked 12 we got people. Beat. But he was on that day. And yeah. yeah, I throw three-hitter, and you guys just let me know. Sorry. <laughs> Pat, to, to answer your question, I, I'm going to say two things. One was when the last out of the Padua game was made, to go to Columbus. I mean, that, that was, was cool. really our dream was to go play at the state tournament. And so I think for me, when that last out of the Padua game was made, we realized we're, we're playing another weekend. We're going to Columbus. Because I think we felt like if we could just get there, we're going to win right. it. We needed to get there. So that was one. And then I think the second thing was uh, when that last out was made, I was just looking at Mr. Sarah, you know, just staring at him basically yeah. and just seeing just the load of relief. And, and we felt so proud to be able to bring it to him. And, of course, Coach Hart as well. But uh, Mr. Sarah, that was really a big thing for us. Yeah. I think we all wanted that bad. When that when that ball went up in the last for the last out, I was in left, Ronnie was in center. And that ball went up, and Ronnie just started hooting while the ball was in the air. I'm like, dude, you haven't caught it yet. And he was, he was, <laughs> he was, like, he was, like, he was just he was waving people off. Yeah, yeah. just nobody around. He's waving and yelling. And just, boom, and it was just like. Just it, was, yeah. it was very Rick Manning-esque during the exactly. – it, it, it looked a lot like the, yeah, the, the, the perfect thing. game. Yeah. For, for you guys, playing for Coach Sarah and Coach Hartman, um, this was brought up a little bit, and, and I've talked about this numerous times. When you play for a legendary coach, playing for Coach Basu, playing for Coach Gutbrod, playing for Coach Kyle, playing for Coach Sarah, how much of it is you don't want to disappoint the guy you're playing for? I mean that that is really it. I mean it was it was Sarah and Hart were just they were like they were up here. You know, so yeah, there's no doubt about it. No never wanted to let anybody down, let alone those guys. I, I would ask I would kinda add to that they kinda made it easy for, for the players though. I mean right. it, it was easy to play hard for those two guys because they gave it 100% every, no, I, every, every time out. Yeah, I, I think we all took it as a compliment that they felt we were worthy to be on that roster. Mm -hmm. So really, truly, we really honor. felt yeah. like it was a total honor. Because back in that day, man, geez, you know, you if you could play for Euclid, that was pretty important. So um, just knowing that they had the trust in you. You know, I was, one of the things I had sort of remembered to mention was, do you remember we went through those one-on-one -on -one coaches meetings and players? Mm -hmm. They called us out of class into an empty room with Coach Sarah Hartson. I've been in a lot of meetings for work, important meetings over the years. That I was probably more nervous for that meeting because basically, even though I had started as a junior, and you probably were the same thing, you come back, 
they brought you in that room and they told you, here's exactly what we expect of you. Here's what you're going to have to do to get playing time and, and those kind of things. And, and you were just like, it doesn't matter what I have to do. I'm going to do exactly what Mr. Sarah, Mr. Hartman yeah. told me. I know you said we're up against, but you said made you nervous. I was pitching at Central one day, and all of a sudden I looked, and Hart and Sarah were at the game at Central. And I was like, I was shaking. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, they're here. You know, mm -hmm. you know. and after the game, you know, Hartman came up to me, and he goes, you got a great arm. We just got to tame you a little bit. You know, and he was the first one that really kind of, Let's let's teach you how to pitch. You know, I, I will tell you pressure. Uh, Thirty-one. I graduated thirty-one years ago. I coached. Uh, my, a kid. Yeah, I coached a few years, a few years back. Um, my my summer team was playing at at Paul Sarah Field. So on top of you know I'm playing at a field that's named after my high school coach, legendary coach. Uh, coach Sarah was there. Coach Turkle was there. That's pressure when you're when you got a coach with those guys still. That's it. That's pressure. My son played for Menor, and when he was a junior, he got to start like the third game of the year at Euclid. Or, and he in his first varsity pitch he saw as as a junior was at the Palace, and he got a base hit on the first, and he was playing second base, my spot at the Palace. So my my son's first varsity start basically, first pitch he saw base hit at the Palace playing second base. Couldn't have been any better than that. That was actually kind of, that was really cool. So. And see, Terry, when we talk about the Catholic school thing, and I always say I, I don't get it. This is what we have. This is you know, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So no, absolutely, it's, it's that thing. And it tells, but it also tells you the community part of it and how special that run was, and how special that team was, and how special those teammates were. And that's why here we are, thirty-seven years after the fact. And you guys are remembering this like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, and there's a reason for everybody, it. Every, all these comments are like, I can't believe they have it. They, they have all of yeah. this, you know. It's a I lasting the, impression, I'll the tell part, you. The party at Bruce's house that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we leave Columbus, and Bruce's parents are going, like, on a vacay straight from Columbus. Bad and move, we're going Bad move Mr. and Mr. we're going Matthews. straight back to Benedict's house. And I remember that night. Yeah, one beer, right, Hugo? One, two, per, two? Per half hour. Um, yeah, they can't make you run now, so you can tell the truth. Well, the <laughs> he was only a junior, though. He had an to come back. I lived on the next street, so I could walk through the backyard. The, yeah, the best part go. of that night was we, we ended up getting back to Bruce's house about maybe 8 o'clock. By the time we got home from Columbus and everybody went home, got back to Bruce's, 8 o'clock. So one of the phones rings. I don't know who got called or whatever, or the house phone rang. Yeah, there was no I don't even know if yeah. there was cell phones back then. <laughs> but it was Mr. Sarah on the phone, and he's like, whatever you do, protect the juniors and so he, just said, <laughs> he said yeah you guys are done like, <laughs> yeah. i don't care yeah. about you guys Johnny anymore Donnett, right Chris, all those cases just like protect the juniors we're like make we sure you yeah, and sir. your topic are okay that's the only time that's ever been on <laughs> yeah. sure. sure. well that was a fun night. we want to thank you guys for, yeah. for joining us this has been a blast it was yeah. a lot of fun really thank cool. you guys very much and, appreciate uh, it this has been a special edition of Talkback Fans. I'm Pat Langdon. I'm Danny Boyce. Terry Howe. Do we want uh, we want to give anything about what's going on the rest of the week? Yeah, they, you might, you might maybe well thank go. the sponsors. Yeah, maybe yeah, throw that ahead. In. Yeah. All right. So we'll thank the sponsors first. So as always, Pepco Victory Park, Jack and Joe Borky, Dave Nager, attorney at law in the law offices of Nager, Romaine, and Schneiber. Dave Nager. Dugout Sports and Baseball Club, Jeff Winrod and Brian Pellegrini. Clearview Window and Gutter Cleaning, Terry Hamilton. The Menor Salt Cave, Amy Wojcikowski. Seasonal Sporting Goods, Chris Kalick. And as always, Twisted Cow Beef Jerky, Dave Gottschall. 
we want to thank our sponsors because without their support, we couldn't do shows like tonight. Yep. Rest of the week, there could be a lot of stuff yeah. going on. Depends upon how things play out. Uh, our plan is on Thursday afternoon to be at the Division Two regional semifinals, most likely the five o'clock game at Hudson, which will feel which will feature Gilmore. Um, if Gilmore and or Benedictine win on Thursday, we plan to be back for the championship game on Friday night. Saturday morning, it's the we beginning got, of the Miracle League. Yep, one of the biggest days for us. And then between Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, it is the it's dugout looking, 18U, depending upon it, weather, looking, that will be at looking, South. It's looking like three between 3 and 5 o'clock on Saturday. But, right, yeah. so we're uh, we're looking at covering a ball game possibly each day there. So a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, folks, the emails went out today to try to, to start to schedule the football preview shows. That's going to take up a lot of June and July. So yep. things are things are about to get real hectic, hectic here for us. We love but it. We lo but we couldn't we couldn't ask for anything more. So, so on that note, this has been Talkback Fans. I'm Pat Langdon. I'm Danny Boyce. Terry Howe. and we'll see you Thursday. Thursday. See. You.